if you think about the why Agile fails and what to do about it, it's yeah. the same story. Okay. Um, why why the cloud fails and what to do about it? Why A is going to fail and what to do about it? It's the same. It's the same story because the goal isn't even to go agile. The goal isn't to get in the cloud. Right. The goal isn't to go get AI installed, right? So what is the goal? And how agile can you be? It's the second part of the story. How agile can you be with your current conditions and circumstances? And we'll tell you, you form the right teams, yeah. get the right practice in place, you can build the right backlog. You might you be limited. Be so agile. Yeah. It's actually going to be destructive to try to go past what conditions exist. It's the same thing here. Like if the conditions don't exist, you're not going to get the benefit of the cloud. You're not going to yeah. get the ability to launch your AI. You're gonna you're gonna end up with this disconnected, um, really cool thing that you can't actually get into how you do business to drive the business benefit. Just plan it all the way out and play for and a longer game. Play for a longer game. Understand that it's a system, not a technology. Hey, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. My name is Dave Pryor. Today I'm here with Dennis Stevens. Dennis, say hi to everybody. Hey, everybody. It's great to see you, Dave. You too, man. So Dennis is a managing director here, also sort of the the main guy we go to for methodology stuff, the big brain at Leading Agile that, that comes up with so many of our strategic things. Um, and we're going to talk today about cloud transformation. So that's sort of maybe maybe something not a lot of people know Leading Agile for. So um, can you talk a little bit, Dennis, about kind of how we're entering that? And then what when, when you say cloud transformation, what do you actually mean? Yeah, so there's probably a, a, a sequence of of things that could fall into cloud transformation. But basically, cloud cloud transformation is moving your computing resources to to the cloud, which is somebody else's computer. <laughs> okay. Um, but but when you do that, it enables things that you can't actually maybe can't do or implement yourself. So there's all kinds of capabilities that come with scale, with okay. access to services like. Um, artificial intelligence, machine learning type things you connect to. There's some really, really interesting things you can do with data um, that you have in the cloud that you could probably do in your data center. Okay. But you have to do so much building out of it that it would be just horrifically difficult. It all kind of comes as services packaged up in the cloud. So there's a lot of benefit um, from a cost standpoint, from a performance okay. standpoint, from a scalability and redundancy standpoint to getting your compute and your data up into a cloud provider. Okay, so this would be like 15 years, 20 years ago, you're building out the big data center with the amazing air conditioning and all the redundancies and backups that are offsite and all the disaster plan stuff. And now you just hook it all up to the internet and basically give it to Amazon or whoever. And they're now responsible for keeping all your stuff and keeping it separate from everybody else's stuff. Yeah, and they're probably better at it than you are. Okay. Right, because it's what they do. It's their core business. It's so, oh, good. Yeah, and there's and there's and there's a lot of things that come with getting things into the cloud that you probably would have a difficult time setting up the cap capability to do in your own data center. Okay, so at a at a basic core level, it's maybe risk reduction for an organization, and also yep, the cost. cost offset, right? Um, yep. But what what makes this different than just that being like some backup thing somewhere? Like, what extra capabilities do you get when you put stuff up there? There's all kinds of things with. Um, with the ability to expand and reduce your compute power or your storage okay. um, in the cloud that you probably can't do in your data center easily. Um, okay. There's all kinds of functionality around monitoring and uh, uh, being able to see what's actually happening with your environments, where things are working. 
Um, there's all kinds of new capabilities. We talked about some of the AL and MI stuff that's driving ML AI and ML stuff that's driving right. moves to the cloud. Okay. And so there's there's all kinds of reasons why it makes sense to try to get your compute and your data up in the cloud. And like you said, since that's their that's their their whole business, it's not like you've got a couple guys down in the IT group whose job is to make sure the servers don't collapse. This is they're completely focused on it. So it's the the upkeep, the monitoring, the upgrades. Um, as well as offering additional services that make it more attractive for organizations like ones trying to get into AI who maybe don't have that expertise in-house. That's right. Okay. And now is the AI stuff that they're focused on just around keeping the systems up and running or expanding or contracting based on need, or is there other stuff you get out of this as well? Oh, there's, all, there's all kinds of really cool stuff. You can now point the services that are designed to do that um, at at other offers because I've got my data up in the cloud. Right? My, my call center can start to offer um, uh, services that I can deploy in the cloud and connect to my customer call center uh, around okay. chat bots or access to data or um, doing research into customer problems. There's all kinds of interesting things that you can do once you start to get into this integrated cloud-based environment. Okay, so theoretically, I'm feeding all my data up into the cloud and they've got some systems running there that are parsing all of it and figuring out how to create scripts for the support team, um, other kinds of monitoring and upgrade stuff, ways to optimize the things that you're doing online. All of that can be just leveraged offsite where that's like their core thing. Right. Okay. And it's probably more nuanced and more complicated. It's not all my data. It's not, but, but, but yes, the answer to your question is, yeah, generally that's thematically and directionally correct. Okay. So... You've just put together this post about it that people are going to be reading. Um, and I'm wondering, so I'm just going to read this quote from, from the post. It's comprehensive, multidimensional journey that requires strategic planning, execution, and management. It's not merely about replacing old technologies with new ones. The crux lies in focusing on the set of new technologies that will drive the business strategy and then appropriately reshaping organizational patterns, restructuring processes, and redefining business models to enable them. So that's a whole lot of stuff. Um, when I hear people talk about AI, they're using AI the same way they used to use internet. Like it's just this big generic cloudy thing yeah. that's supposed to do everything. So in really like simple, plain language, um, how is this changing the, or the, the way organizations run and what is it that they're getting wrong when they start to do this now? Yeah, so... Um when you go look at why um, these technology moves are failing in organizations, mm -hmm. um, a lot of cases because they weren't well planned. Um, we didn't understand all the pieces that had to move at the same time. We didn't okay. understand that that we had to change the way our organization might behave, might have okay. changed some of the some of the actions. If we start if we start actually leveraging new capabilities outside of in the actual capabilities in the business. Yeah. Uh, might, have, might have changed the way our teams are designed, the way people operate, the way we compensate people. There's a whole okay. interesting thing too, which is there's an, an, an infinite number of moves that you could probably make now that are enabled, but probably can't afford to do them all. Okay. Probably can't, um, you know, all at once. You can't do them all at once. You can't make all these changes. So there's a lack of sometimes strategic planning and prioritization. Okay that goes into it. So we're looking at this as there's a lot of maturity that's existed in the industry for a long time. And we tend to develop them in, in waves. Yeah. Client server stuff came out, then database stuff, then services, then, you know, internet things. Now, like the, there's the things come out over time. Right. Um, we go, we chase the shiny yeah. object. Go we get go me some AI. Get things. me some cloud. 
Yeah. We, we wanted to start a business about 15 years ago called I've Got a SOA because everybody needed to have a, a service-oriented architecture by the end of the year to get their compensation, all the CIOs did. Yeah. So I was going to start a website called I've Got a SOA and give them a minimally <laughs> viable SOA implementation. So Just they could so they could get their raise. Their, yeah. But I, I think we actually want to do these things um, because we envision being able to compete in a certain way. We envision being able to serve okay. our customers a certain way. We envision being able to operate in a certain financial footprint. I think all of these ideas need to be mapped up against an understanding yeah. of of why we're doing it. And I think most organizations fail to sort of start with that. Okay. And so, then what it actually takes to move it. And then what it takes to actually manage the opera operationalization of the benefit all the way through to where we're doing it the new way, not just having something installed in the cloud. Okay. So I want to stick on this one for a second, because there's, I think, a lot of parallels to agile transformation. Like um, yep. that became a thing that a lot of companies said, oh, we have to go switch to agile because that's what everyone does without putting in the time to figure out like, oh, maybe we should figure out why we need this medicine before we start taking it. Um, and if that's where they're going with cloud or where they're going with AI, like you said, there's there's capabilities that are provided, but if there's not an organizational support structure for that, they're, they're going to lose out. And also what you, you mentioned a few minutes ago was maybe the way that the organization is set up in terms of how the people are managed, what their skills are, how they're working together. That could be in the same way it is with Agile, at odds with what they say they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of what we did around Agile transformation early on was going and using um, capabilities, customer understanding to design organizations that could operate together to deliver value to the customer. So instead of some functional silos, aligning the organization a certain way, there was a lot of, lot of what's interesting is um, we didn't do it the same way everywhere though. We identified which capabilities needed to operate at which pace, mm -hmm. which ones were strategically most important to go do the move in, where you might make trade-off decisions. Um, I think that same pattern holds for where I might want to move things to the cloud okay. or the, the order that I might make these investments over time because of what aligns me towards my strategy. So okay. I think there's a lot, of, a lot of that same alignment there. It is very similar to Agile Transformation in that way. So with the SOA joke that you made a few minutes ago, I mean, that's something that I would imagine for a lot of executives, they have to get to the cloud right now. Like that's, if, if they haven't already had that as something they have to achieve in a year, like that's going to be a thing for them now. Um, but... How do they begin to see that that's not actually the destination that you're going into the cloud for a reason? Like, do they know I why? Think, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people are at the point where they've started some cloud migrations. They've started moving. Many many organizations have moved to the cloud and are starting to pull things back into their data center because they didn't pay attention to um, where the data really needed to sit to be accessible to all the applications or what the costs would be of moving things like what, what's the real readiness of something to move it to the cloud to get the benefits yeah. that I'm looking for. So I think, I think there's a lot going on. Most people have done some cloud moves and there's a lot of really competent cloud providers out there that will help you move your stuff to the cloud. But, um, but and, their job is to get you into the cloud. I know that we have that one example from a client where they moved everything into the cloud without thinking about the fact that they had these long-term leases for data centers that they still had yeah. to hold on to. Um, so the cost benefit of getting things up there, it may not actually be everything you think it's going to be. Yeah, and there was a little bit of there was a yeah, there was, again that was a little bit more complicated. They had some other services they didn't move to the cloud that still had to stay in the data center. Okay. Um, so they, they they ended up they ended up with a big expense that they couldn't unload. Um, that they had intended to move it up 
because the cost justification for the move had been based on getting rid of all of this, okay, all these data centers, and they couldn't they couldn't close down. We actually have more than one that has not been able to close a data center they intended to close when they were things. That was before they met us, by the way, not after we. Well, that, that's that's the them. thing is because it's not just that you have to go to one of those companies that can help you get into the cloud, but work with partners that know the other questions to ask. That like if I'm trying to sell you the cloud, I'm not going to tell you about all the other stuff you're going to have to worry about because I just want your contract. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. And and no, no. I mean, pe- you know, we, we talked about this with version one and stuff like that back when we started Agile Transformation mm-hmm. work. Version one was selling licenses. And we would say, kind of need to start more slowly, design your organization, ramp up. We were actually at odds sometimes with the, with the people that were partnering in the same space because mm-hmm. we wanted to do it in a way that drove the longest long-term economic value, the longest long-term yeah. benefit, which might mean starting more slowly, doing a little more planning. Um, starting those areas that are strategically most important and getting them moved first. Um, the approaches that we took there, I believe, are applicable here. So this is a case, one of those examples of where you sometimes have to go slower and be more intentional so that you can go faster later, whereas some of the vendors might be more focused just getting you on board and getting you like, we can get you up and running in the next whatever number of weeks. Um, the approach that we're taking is you actually have to be thoughtful about this and, and consider a lot of factors and maybe replan a lot of things organizationally to be able to work with this, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we did early on when we were working with um, the agile tooling providers was they were often interested in moving everybody really, really fast up the cloud, getting yeah. them all up into and and using their tool real fast. And what happened when the agile didn't work was <laughs> they blamed the tool. They might lose traction on the tool. So right. what we're looking at here is um, we want to be able to move uh, stuff up to the cloud that actually provides the most bus- business benefit up front. We believe that's in the best interest of the clients and long-term of the cloud providers because yeah. they're going to be able to deliver the business value, the promises, the work nice. That doesn't mean you always go slow. You don't sometimes move things, but you just have to, have to be very intentional and planful when you're moving things. Um, and we have to be very thoughtful about what it means to uh, to prioritize the investments and make sure we're getting the business value out of it. So we can be more planful, got to understand what readiness really means. Okay. We've got a number of cases in the readiness area where, um, where the approach to getting the code, code ready or data ready to go up to the cloud to get the benefit have not been well evaluated. And so they might move something too early or conversely, they may decide to rewrite everything from scratch. We have an example of a client that tried to rewrite everything from scratch to get it up to the cloud. So it was all cloud native. Yeah. And after a hundred million dollars and a year of investment, they bailed on it and went and, and did what we had sort of recommended up front. Okay. Um, which was to do a little bit of product extraction around the key functionality, rebuild the things that were necessary, get up to the cloud so they could take advantage of the, um, the benefits okay. of, uh, of the transparency and the, um, the uh, scale that they needed, the access and scale that they needed. Um, but do it in a way that the applications would actually work that way and the data would actually interact well together. Okay. So they slowed down after a year to get up to the cloud. Everybody was much happier with the result. Okay, so I want to. Um, this might be like a really simplistic question, but when I think about this, I'm thinking I'm basically just taking everything on a really simple version, my hard drive, and putting it into wherever. 
Um, and stuff should run the same way because it's just like a virtual server somewhere or server farm or whatever. And if I have apps, the basic structure is being recreated out there, all the connections, links to the data, stuff like that. When you're talking about having to change the code or, or do something to the data to get it ready for that, can you give like an example of, of something that's happened where that didn't go well for somebody, like what they didn't do? You know, there's there there are many examples out there to read where people moved up to the cloud and their costs were much higher than they expected. They okay. got too much compute space. The way that they expanded their storage um, didn't address surge as well um, because they had to move. Like this one, this one group had to move so much to the cloud because the way their applications were wired together mm -hmm. that it just increased the cost so tremendously. What they really needed to move was this one one set of the application, one one application, and then connect it with something that was back in the data center. Okay. So they moved a bunch of stuff up and then moved half the stuff back down because the costs of of compute and the cost yeah. of data didn't bear the benefit. Okay, or didn't didn't didn't, didn't provide the benefit. So let me see if this if this works. If I am um, some sort of e-commerce company, and it's about to be Thanksgiving, I know there's going to be a massive surge of purchasing during Black Friday. I need to be set up in a way that can handle the increase in load. I could just move all my stuff into the cloud, but probably I don't really need that. I only need the parts up there that are going to handle the heavy lifting when the surge occurs. But I might have to re write or rebuild a lot of my structure to be able to work across that and cope with the changes that happen when we do have that search. Is that right? Is that yeah. on the mark? Yeah, okay. that's good. That, that, that's good. And, and it's likely, um, it's likely that in that rewrite, it's probably not a complete rewrite to get up there. There's probably an economic way to what we talk about called product extraction. Mm -hmm. There's probably a an in-between way to modernize the app sufficiently to get it moved up, take advantage of, of what you need to that's okay. available to you in your new environment without having to move everything or the pieces that scale can be deployed in there in a different way than the pieces that aren't going to need to scale. You have to scale 100% sure. of it. You need to scale 20% of it. There's very thoughtful ways in planning and getting up okay. into your environment. Okay. So since you said product extraction, I'm going to take the opportunity to ask you, because this is one of my leading agile things that I always want to get an answer to. What, what do we mean when we say product extraction? Because that might not be super clear for everybody. Yeah, I, I might call it app modernization as well. Okay. Um, we have, we, we, we have uh, applications that have been built up over time mm -hmm. that just aren't super modular in how they've been built. Okay. It makes them difficult to test. It makes them difficult to maintain. It creates, we talk about a lack of cohesion or high coupling between pieces. It's very difficult to, to um, maintain and manage these big monolithic pieces of code that have developed over time. Okay. Probably for good reasons, probably making money, nothing wrong with the business result, but it makes it difficult to, uh, to handle in a modular fashion. When we're talking about okay. product extraction, we're talking about pulling out pieces of that code. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of different patterns. We can get our technical guys to go through all the patterns, but pieces of that code into uh, modules that might have a different purpose or different usage patterns okay. and wrapping them up in a way. We talk about a, a crunchy cell and a gooey middle so that <laughs> they're, they're changeable inside, but they don't, they don't break everything around them. Okay. And so it might make sense to pull out a piece of code like that and then 
modernize it in a way that it can fully exploit all the benefits that it needs to in the new environments that it's going into. Now, you might not have okay. to, the cloud and modernization might not be completely, you can do app modernization or product extraction and not go to the cloud. Right. But if there's things that are going to the cloud that have different patterns of use or different patterns of performance or different patterns of consumption, yeah. it might make sense to uh, modularize that before you move it up. Okay, so this is the same kind of decoupling that we'd be advocating for if companies moving towards Agile so that I can pull out one piece, make changes yep. to it without breaking the rest of the universe at the same time. Or or yep. even there's one bank that I worked with that uh, a guy told me that when his team who worked on customer accounts, when they released stuff, they didn't know what it was going to do to their accounts until it was live because of all the different yeah. downstream things. There was no way for them to see it or test it. This is handling that technical debt, pulling that piece out and building it so that it's a standalone thing we can make changes to when we need to. Yeah, and so we've got, we've got clients with e-commerce sites that have built up over time that were very, very complicated. Some parts right. of it needed to change. They could have rewritten everything, but we extracted the pieces that are they're gonna have high volatility uh, most likely need to change, wrap them up to not break the other pieces, made the other pieces more resilient, sure. and then made the change they needed to in the smaller spot. So that's like, okay. it's like there's a way to go about that in many cases. A thoughtful, intentional um, way. Thoughtful and intentional and strategic. Okay. Um, well, that, okay. So can, can you talk, I was going to ask you a question, but strategic threw me off a bit. If, if, if I am at the sea level um, and I know that we need to move to the cloud because if everybody's in the cloud and it's supposed to save us a bunch of hassle and money, um, how do I put together, like, how do I work that into the company strategy? Yeah. Again, we kind of go back to this idea of if I understand the capabilities and how I need to perform financially, functional wise, okay. user experience wise, how I need to perform in order to compete in the market. Yeah in order to meet the needs of my customers, my stakeholders uh, effectively enough to stay in business and continue to grow, yeah. right? Um, if I understand that, and then I can have a conversation going, we need to make these changes in order to achieve these strategic goals. Okay, That's like a different reason for moving things and probably leads to different approaches different choices. in solving yeah. problems than if you just say, I need everything in the cloud. Okay. And that's where it comes to that thing in your article about where to invest. And the thing that, that stood out for me was where not to invest. Yeah, man. Everybody comes back from a trade show or a conference <laughs> with with um, an idea. They read an article or they get an ad and everyone wants to go try these new things. Yeah. Death by a thousand cuts. And you end up with all these little implementations everywhere of things that probably are maybe setting – they're – they are strategic constraints potentially in the future. You're setting a decision about which direction you're heading, how you're going, where your money's going. You might be better off picking three or five really critical areas and sort of in a bounded, innovative way going after elevating those areas right. and doing it within some architectural and strategic constraints. Okay. So maybe um, smaller so targets, over time. smaller, more precise targets that are chosen for very specific business reasons instead of just let's get everything up there. Yeah, everything's cool, man. Everything's cool right now. There's <laughs> so much cool stuff going on. Um, you got to pick the ones that are going to help you compete um, and and win in the market. The yeah. ones that help you be the company that you want to be in the future. Yeah. Um, and so, so you've really got to be thoughtful. We're, the 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 
the plethora of, of exciting things that we see organizations undertaking that are pulling the organization in different ways, most organizations lack a way to rationalize or reconcile that. Okay. And it's going to be messy in the future. So let me let me throw a thing at you and see if how this works. So let's say that I'm a company that has some hosted solution for like version one or, or you know, any one of those tools, Jira, whatever. Um, I, I'm looking forward to a world where AI can actually go through all that and say, well, within our organization, when we do this, this is what happens to the flow of value through the system. This is how it impacts this team or that team or another team. Um, I would love for AI to be able to tell me that so I can make better choices about what stuff I'm going to push down at the teams. Um, would I have to put everything in the cloud for that? Or is some of that going to be able to be hosted locally? And would that be a better choice? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so um, South by Southwest has uh, two different technical tracks, more than two, but a couple of different technical tracks. One's called 2050. Okay. And one's called um, Tech Today. Okay. Um, that might be a little bit of a 2050. Okay. Uh, question and then when AI is automatically routing all of that. Yeah. Um, certainly, certainly desirable sort of future state stuff, but most of us are pretty far away from being in that sort of a, a shape. But um, the, the question of what needs, what I need is observability and data on the performance of everything. What I need is to understand my strategy, be able to connect it to my ability to execute my capabilities. Yeah. Um, I don't think most of us at this point are moving at the rate of speed where it has to all be totally automated in the cloud. Yeah. But you've got it. You've got to be able to have a shared vision of that. Okay. So you can have conversations around it. So thinking about 2050, but making choices now that are the best possible choices for where we are and what we're trying to do as a business, not just getting drunk with possibility. And let's put yeah. everything out there because then it's going to be like minority report within our company. And we'll be able to figure out which executive is going to like jam up which team when or make a bad choice when like we, we can focus on what we have to solve today. Yeah. With an eye towards yeah, and some of that stuff's coming faster than is imaginable, right? But some of it's actually pretty far out for it to be completely um, um, executable for most organizations. So that um, kind of like fast and slow thing where it's like, it seems like it's going really quick, but then the reality of it is not quite keeping pace with what you're reading about in articles and stuff like that. Is that also happening within the cloud or, or I mean, cloud's been around for a, a little bit, so it's not like all brand new, but is it still in that state where it's just kind of fits and starts like super fast growth here, but really it's much slower than everybody thought over here? Yeah, it's the, it's the, the reasons why you might want to get applications um, cloud enabled, um, sort of native cloud native, okay. um, or expanding rapidly with, with what we're doing with machine learning and the popularization of large language models and the, um, integration of automation, um, based on some of the things you were talking about, based on the ability for us to look at our data and make decisions in real time, like, like things are coming really, really fast yeah. that are exciting. Not everybody will benefit from them tomorrow. It's not the constraint in our ability to compete in the marketplace for everybody tomorrow. Um, it's not going to make differentiation for our customers. The cost benefit might not be there. Yeah. Um, it just all has to be more thoughtfully considered than just this is really freaking cool. So and, oh, and, okay. and, and, and the uplift and turmoil to make it happen is pretty big. Oh, and by the way, you still have to get these things actually integrated 
into the execution of your business capabilities. Like the technology is only one third of the problem. So you got to plan for the whole sort of getting it into the way that you do business as well. So can you, I was going to ask you a question, but I'd rather ask you about this. Can you, can you expand on that a little? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at um, the, um, I'm going to go change the way that we handle calls in my call center. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go change the way that we, um, I'm going to go add something new into my development environment that when you want to call a function, it goes and looks automatically at all the other code that exists in the organization and services that are available. And it provides for you three options for which service you might want to use or which code you might want to use. Like there's some really cool AI stuff that you can do. Okay. But if people are getting paid and rewarded for inventing new stuff, um, if teams don't get compensated for leveraging existing assets, if, um, if we don't change the way the organization thinks about what success looks like, yeah. the technology is not going to solve that problem for you. So that, that's a thing where what you just said about like reusing stuff that exists, it's not as sexy, you're not going to make as big a splash, but economically, it might be the best possible choice. Like take advantage of what we already have as opposed to every go, everyone going and building their own new thing just so they can say like, I built a thing in the cloud or whatever. Yeah, or or this idea of um, this might be a little bit off the thread, but it, but it's it's relevant. We've got we've got people that are customizing and tailoring things with new technologies because it's available to them. Yeah, and it's really really exciting, but that then creates all of these disconnected execution of capabilities. Okay, which provide no um, no benefit to the organization but it makes the next upgrade virtually impossible to do. Okay. And, and, so some, oh, go ahead. Well, some of the platforms that people are on, Salesforce, a lot of the big platforms that people are on, Salesforce, Workday, yeah. those types of platforms, they provide a lot of ability for customization and application of all these really cool things. Okay. Uh, people are hooking into all these really cool APIs and things like that. But unless there's value in that, in that variation, you're making a strategic decision to make the next upgrade really, really hard and expensive. Could it? So it has to be considered more holistically. Could it also create negative value in that, you know, I'm going to do this thing because I can and it's really cool and I can get attention for it. But me doing this hijacks another part of the system that we work in or another, you know, another group's thing um, and actually causes an impact systematically that that is net negative for the company. Yeah, it's 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 interesting Again, like another thread to pull on, but it is interesting how um, when we go to these big SaaS products, which are in the cloud, it's a mm -hmm. way of getting stuff into the cloud. It's like I call it a drop and shop. I'm not going to run this anymore. I'm going to go buy it from the cloud. Sure. But then we have to integrate those things into 30 other systems because they're not actually standalone, isolated, and we don't treat those integrations um, with a very mature app modernization sort of way. Okay. We're trading one set of problems for another, but we're not addressing the other set of problems in a really responsible, mature fashion. Um, again, sort of that readiness and planning piece yeah. and what it means to really um, strive for the benefit that you want. The number of companies that we have that are bottlenecked by the inability to update um, uh, SaaS products yeah. because the integration points will all fail it's like it's like fascinating or the adjacent systems that won't work right because we didn't build the interface as well not okay. we personally um that's the type of planning that has to go on up front as well do you think that 
this is maybe off the track a little bit too, but a lot of those larger SaaS products, um, my perception is that the assumption is if I go with company X, like they've totally got it wired up and everything's going to be awesome. And I'm just going to put all my eggs in that basket and reduce my risk that way. But what I've seen with some of these companies is they're as much of a butcher shop as the company that's hiring them inside when it comes to terms of their own internal practices, their efficiency, like they're still figuring all this stuff out too. You know, I had a client about 20 years ago that had um, an application that was in wide use in, a, in an industry. I'm not going to okay. get too much details because I don't want to, but it was in wide use in an industry. And we came in and did an analysis because um, they were losing ground because they couldn't implement their solution fast enough mm -hmm. and competitors couldn't get it in, implemented much faster. We did an analysis, came up with a plan, build some tools, restructure some stuff, defer some of the modifications, really only change what's necessary in order to compete. Um, and I could cut their deployment time and their support costs, their support effort, right. um, like down to 25% of what it currently was for implementation time and half the support costs necessary after the implementation of the design. And they wouldn't do it because their business model depended on the service dollars that came from the yeah. implementation. So it's not that they're a butcher shop sometimes in that regard. It's not, it, it's, it's almost. Um, they're not like completely perfect, optimized, like everything's awesome. Like you look under the hood anywhere, there's always a bit of mess. Well, somebody's, somebody's getting paid yeah. to make that implementation take a long time and to make it impossible for you to test without their people. And somebody's some, getting paid to make that upgrade difficult. And someone's getting paid to make the upgrade look shiny enough that you're going to completely trust them and just sign on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a difference between, um, yeah, the, sometimes the sales is, uh, is, you know, about the sales guy that, um, that, uh, died and was in front of St. Peter and St. Peter goes, you can go to heaven or hell. And he goes, like, well, can I take a look at hell just before I decide? And he goes, sure. And the guy opens up the door and looks at hell and it's like beautiful boats on the water, <laughs> drinking beer, you know, all these old musicians all playing music. And he goes, you know, this might sound crazy, St. Peter, but I'd like to go to hell. And St. Peter goes, okay. And he grabs the doorknob and it burns his hand and it <laughs> pulls, starts dragging him into these flaming pits. And he goes, he goes, this isn't what it looked like a minute ago. And St. Peter goes, that was the demo. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's a horrible story. That's we a great story. That, no, it's, <laughs> I think it's, it's a very apt story because it, where where I was trying to go with this is anybody heading down this path um, should do it with a certain degree of caution and not just like run headlong into it because it's there, which it seems to me like a lot of individuals I know with AI are, are headed down that road because like, well, AI is going to be here any second and we have to be ready. And it's like, yeah, but it can't do all that much stuff that's super awesome yet. It's getting there, but maybe don't throw in all in on it this early. You know, take it with a grain of salt, be thoughtful about it, be intentional, what things are actually going to help you and what stuff do you not really need right now? Yeah. What is the plan to get it to business benefit? Not just what is a, what is potentially possible. So right. is it strategically the most important thing for you to get better at because you got limited time and dollars and limited uh, capacity? Does it create a competitive advantage you can't get any other path? What does it mean to actually be ready to do it? What are all the moving parts that have to be addressed and what does it look like to go plan it yeah. and execute it well? And then how do you 
manage it all the way through, not to the not to the technology being installed and working to the contract, yeah. but to the benefit operationalized inside of your capabilities. So you're getting what you expected. Like all of that has to be taken into account and you should be cynical about mm -hmm. your partners when their interests aren't hundred percent aligned with yours. You should be cynical about your internal people wanting to do things when they're looking at a local piece of it and it's exciting technology or it's tied to their compensation right. or to their personal reward systems. I mean, we need a way to look at this more, more pragmatically from a business benefit lens, not from a cool technology lens. So I want to try to, and then we might cut this part out, just warning Stefan before, before I ask the question. Um, if you, if you can talk a little bit about agile versus cloud in that it seems like with what you're saying for the cloud, anybody that's going to make that jump needs to have some trusted advisors who can kind of pump the brakes when they need to help them think like, oh, it's actually about strategy, not just about getting into the cloud in a way that often didn't happen or hasn't happened with Agile because so many people are like, we just got to get the Agile, get the Agile um, without thinking about where in our organization does it make sense? Yeah, I, I, I think it is the same problem in every wave that we see of new things. And I do believe this AI stuff is foundationally transformative, yeah. right? And the way we're gonna do a lot of things. I think it is a bigger move. It is it is internet side. That's that's where I was, yeah. it's like the same as when the internet came out. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that big. Um, I, I, I think the people that understand um, how and where to move mm -hmm. um, are going to, and, and are very intentional about it and have a method for having those conversations and planning it all yeah. the way through to running. Uh, I think those people are going to be more successful in the marketplace than people that are just throwing darts because everything looks so cool. Yeah. Everything does look so cool right now. So if, if I'm in an organization and we're considering this, what are some things that we can do to kind of prepare for? You talked about readiness earlier. Like how would I get started either thinking about or, or getting prepared to make this jump? Um, so we've we've got some work research we've done internally about like eight different types of AI and six different types of cloud moves and some stuff like that. And what I would do is I'd go take the pattern that you're looking at moving mm -hmm. and I would go search for all the reasons why those have failed in the past. Find all of the failure oh, wow. modes. Okay. All the reasons why those failed. Don't look for why it works. Look for why they failed. There's a ton of work out there around why things have failed and where they've gone wrong. Make sure that the way you're approaching it is this is worth the time. This is going to be harder than it initially appears. Yeah. The benefit is going to be further out than you initially think. Um, uh, what absolutely has to be true for me to be active when you go make this move, what absolutely has to be true for me to get this all the way through to the business benefit, plan it all the way through. Okay. Um, I don't think, I don't, and this is one of those interesting things that we run into sometimes with agile organizations as well. Um, teams that say they want to be agile. Well, that's not very agile, is it? I mean, um, uh, don't we sort of build it and figure out as we're going? It's like the problem with that is um, it's, it's kind of it's like, you know, it, 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 you end up with it takes longer to get to the benefit if you don't do enough sufficient planning and clarity around it. Okay. Um, you do need to have some moonshots and do some crazy things. So I'm not saying don't do some moonshots, but know it's a freaking moonshot yeah. and run it like a moonshot. Right. Um, for the things that you have to move, go through and do sufficiently analyze and plan it, manage the risks 
of not getting the benefit. Mm -hmm. um, don't just go Pollyanna after um, the exciting things that, that, that your vendor tells you will do or that you saw at some conference or some other person got in your industry. Right. Go understand why it's going to fail. Decide if it's worth making the investment to make it work. Okay. And then manage it like a program. Manage it to completion. So does that mean that – and I'm still trying to connect it back to Agile in my brain. Um, I would have to know the business reason for wanting to do stuff. Um, yep. I would have to be in enough pain to be able to go through an excessive amount of discomfort getting there and also yep. have to know – back to the business value at what point um, is like, where's my cutoff point? Where's the point where I'm like, this is just not worth the squeeze anymore. Um, because if I don't have that, then I don't have a way of deciding this is what I know to persevere. Yeah. So tying it back to the agile stuff, I'm going and teaching a bunch of practices and buying some tools. If you don't form your teams right and figure out you're going to get really, really clear backlogs mm -hmm. to those teams, all the scrum training in the world, all the safe training Can't in the world, that. all of the tools in the world aren't going to solve the problem. Right now they're necessary but it's not sufficient. So you've got to go get the org design, right? You've got to go get the rules around how you're going to balance capacity demand and how you're going to get epics and how you're going to tie the work to business value all have to be defined, right? Okay. To get, to get the business value. So that's, it's kind of um, like creating the organizational harness that can support this and keep it safe. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So, um, if people want to learn more about getting started with this, if they want to kind of follow up and have deeper conversations with you about it, what's the best way for them to reach you? You know, come to our website, um, put in a link, send me an email. You know, we're consultancy. We're trying to we're trying to find a way for you to come, uh, come talk to us so we can help you solve your problem. Be super happy to set up some time to talk about it. If not, go do some research out on the internet. Go do some research in some different ways about how these things that you're trying to do. Haven't worked in the past, yeah. And go see if you're, if you've got people talking about actually solving those problems. I don't, I don't think, I don't think most of the companies that we are looking at in the industry are, are looking at solving these, uh, these problems this way. It sounds like the approach that we're taking is is in, intentionally a little more judicious, like you said, a little more cynical or more skeptical about. Um, yeah, it's all shiny and cool, but you, maybe you don't need all of that right now. Is that – it seems like that would be a not very common approach because if I was yeah, starting yeah. up, I'd be like, yeah, we'll get everything for you. Just come on in right now. Give me all your money, 30 days. We'll have it done. Yeah, if you think about the why Agile fails and what to do about it, it's yeah. the same story. Okay. Um, why why the cloud fails and what to do about it, why A is going to fail and what to do about it. It's the same It's the same story because the goal isn't even to go Agile. The goal isn't to get the cloud. Right. The goal isn't to go get AI installed, right? So what is the goal? And – how agile can you be is the second part of the story. How agile can you be with your current conditions and circumstances? And we'll tell you form the right teams, yeah. get the right practice in place, you build the right backlog. You, you can be so agile. Yeah. It's actually going to be destructive to try to go past what conditions exist. It's the same thing here. Like if the conditions don't exist, you're not going to get the benefit of the cloud. You're not going to yeah. get the ability to launch your AI. You're going to, you're going to end up with this disconnected, um, really cool thing that you can't actually get into how you do business to drive the business benefit. Just plan it all the way out. And play for and a longer game. Play for a longer game. Understand that it's a system, not a technology, right? Oh, that was it's, good. It's very similar. Yeah, it's very similar to the Agile story. Cool. Dennis, this was really great. Thank you for making time for this. I'm glad we finally got to do one of these. It's been a while. And so people, if you want to talk to Dennis more about this, there will be links in the show notes. Uh, you can get to him through the Leading Agile page, also through LinkedIn. And I've got some more content coming out um, 
in this area. Okay. So we'll be doing more calls over the next period of time. Cool. Thanks. All right. Take care.